As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to the Agile World Podcast, where we discuss customer experience, employee experience, and transformation in an Agile age. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, a blueprint for creating an experience-led organization, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of customer experience in a membership organization. Also, since our guest is from the American Marketing Association, we're going to talk a little bit about the relationship between marketing and customer experience. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Jennifer Severns, Chief Experience Officer at the American Marketing Association. First, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do at AMA as their uh, Chief Experience Officer? Hi, Greg. Um, yeah, so my team is the experience team, and we cover uh, innovation. There's design and user experience, of course, uh, web development for new products, And then uh, marketing, the marketing teams on the experience team, we have live experience, communities, um, data science and analytics. Our biggest goals as a team is uh, redefine, we're in the process of redefining the AMA membership model, which is the, pretty much the association's business model. Um, we are also tasked with, as marketing is part of the team, growing awareness, uh, growing advocacy, Um, and, and basically uh, ensuring the customer experience across digital and physical, um, all digital and physical channels um, yeah. is, Great. you know, refining that. And yeah. in, in addition to that, in addition to that, um, as we go to, toward a new model, um, the team, the data team, which is a fairly new team since I've gotten here, I, I built this team as part of um, future growth is to really provide a learning structure for the for the organization to give us in, insights into whatever decisions we're, we're making, providing that continuous customer feedback and basically insight into the customer. And then also the technical um, flexibility to achieve whatever goals we need to achieve. That's great. Yeah, it sounds like there's a there's a lot going on there, you know, redesigning the uh, the process and the experience. So yeah, well, let's let's dive into that then. And, you know, let's talk about customer experience and, uh, and its importance in a membership association like AMA. Um, so I'll start with, uh, 
What's your definition of, of great customer experience? So number one, I think the most important thing about a great customer experience is that it's human. Um, there's, you know, the typical answers that I would I would think of is it you know the the experience anticipates my needs as a user. There's a friction free experience, but I think the most important part of that is that it's human and gives a, a sense of connection or a sense of belonging. Like even in you know that sounds all like bold change the world, but I think even down to um, shallow products like something consumable like a um, a candy bar or something that's functional like a like a pen you know aligning those around some sort of core connection um you know where that connection might start around brand love for example like i have this specific pen you know that i use all the time it's just a you know cheapy disposable pen, but I, but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. only like writing with this pen. Um, but there's a connection, you know, with that, even if it's a functional connection and it's, you know, something that is part of my, my life, even in a shallow way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that focus on the human connection. So what does that, what does that mean for an organization like AMA and, uh, you know, how is a, a membership organization different from other types of organizations when it comes to CX? Uh, well, one of the things that was that was interesting when I uh, started here. So I started in 20, early 2017, and I never worked for an association before, and I didn't realize um, the both the benefits, the pros and cons of all the stakeholders. There's multiple layers of stakeholders. So yes, you have your customers or your members, um, but there's also the community, a layer of community leaders. You know, we call them the mighty 1,000 volunteers. Right. And those are kind of the cross between, you know, sometimes they're customers, sometimes they're an employee. So it, it, they really can be an extension of our employees. So while we have like 65-ish, I think, people at the support center, there's, you know, those volunteers that we work with to really co-create, especially as we're working on a new model. Um, and then we also co-create with the customer as well. But it's that uh, layer layer of stakeholder management that becomes a major part of how we approach everything. Yeah. How do you how do you measure that? What are the what are the metrics? Uh, you know, because you're talking about something. You know, when it comes to stakeholders, uh, there are some things that are easier to to measure with analytics and uh, and things like that than others. So, what's at the end of the day? You know, how do you how do you measure success? Um, and it, it, I think that's a really big first of all that's a big question right so yeah. <laughs> um that's where we have to start with and that's you know one of the primary things that keeps me up at night and also gets me up in the morning is thinking about exactly how are we going how are we measuring how are we making sure that what we're paying attention to is what we should be paying attention to um at the moment we have um three primary goals as an organization uh, audience growth being one of them. We also have customer lifetime value and then engagement. And we dig into each of those in terms and we're, you know, different levels of sophistication with how we measure yeah. those. Um, most, all three of those really being in a very beginning phase, I would say. Um, we're digging into kind of, if, if you dig into the engagement piece of that, which is kind of, you know, what most people think about about customer experience, we look at a trigger 
uh, plus an interaction. So we think about things like it could be a data trigger or a monetary trigger, like I'm sharing my information with you or I'm paying for something. And then an interaction, which could be a behavior or some sort of sentiment. So we look at customer satisfaction. We're looking at uh, net promoter score. Um, we also, um, in the future, are looking at those supporting measurements like uh, sharing or you know amplification or how does that sharing disseminate outside of our current followers or even um, likes on social you know the kind of uh, approval you know in that sense yeah so it's an ongoing a learning process for us even um, to build up uh, we you know currently have a small data science team but that team um, is poised for growth as we get more sophisticated with our data. How have uh, shifts and preferences over time? I mean, I know um, all types of companies have gone through changes, but membership associations have had some unique challenges and um, and shifts and dynamics over the years. How have these you know changes and preferences and really how people want to interact with an organization like American Marketing Association uh, shifted how you approach customer experience? So yeah, I think we're having the same same problems most people are having right now. Like you have the you know Google's, the Amazon's, the Apple's, all the big tech uh, companies are set, uh, setting these huge expectations, really high expectations for the user. Um, but if we, when we don't have you know budgets like Amazon or Apple right. or Google. Right. We have to get really scrappy with it. We have to, um, you know, the AMA can take advantage of things like our face-to-face aspects of the experience. So we think about our, you know, in-person meetings and, you know, that's where some of our strengths can come in to support that. But it has been, um, you know, a bit of a, a stumble through it as we work on upgrading our technology with limited budgets. Um and with, uh, you know, some of the complications that come along with managing a team of volunteers, like this large team of volunteers and all these different chapters and um, in addition to the typical transactions that you might see. Yeah, I would imagine that that volunteer uh that volunteer framework um, adds layers of, of complication as well, because you're you're asking people to uh, be ambassadors for your brand, and yet you're not compensate. You know, un- unlike a for-profit or, or something like that, you're not actually compensating them. So, how does that? How are you able to extend the the customer experience kind of through these these volunteers, these local chapter, whether it's local chapter board members, members, um, stuff like that? So we have uh, committees. So we have like councils that help us manage that. We have, uh, for example, in our professional community, we have about 70, um, cha- 70-ish chapters across the nation. And we have a team called the Professional Chapters Council that we work with regularly. We also, uh, for example, we send, we just sent out a big survey um, to get an idea as we're going into this um, chapter integration initiative and figuring out what chapters are using for technology, for example. So we're sending those out and then the um, professional chapters council members help us with that. We also have um, a meeting or regular meetings, I should say. We have regional retreats where we go 
Um, individually, we make sure one of the chiefs is always uh, present at one of those to answer questions and to kind of give a line into what the support center efforts are and as well as, you know, helping develop empathy for that group. Um, and then we also have a leadership summit, um, which uh, we invest in as an association um, for all of the leaders um, to, to come together and sort of learn how to run a chapter, but then also have that back and forth. And then we have our uh, we have our collegiate community where we also have a collegiate council, similar kind of thing. It's a totally different world, different experience. And we also have our academic council um, for our academic community as well. Um, and we have you know regular annual meetings um, where we uh, kind of can integrate and and get uh, get in the weeds with with what's going on in those communities. But we also have uh, staff here that focuses, you know, that where their primary focus is on academic, for example, or collegiate, for example. Um, so, so we have people who specialize in that too. Well, let's shift gears a little bit and, and talk about the relationship between marketing and, and customer experience. Um, you know, so it's been said customer experience is the new marketing. It's certainly getting a lot of um, a lot of attention these days, but it's not exactly true, right? Because, you know, marketing is a separate practice. It's, it's still vital and it's always going to be around. Um, but you know, what do you see as the relationship between customer experience and marketing? How do the two work together? And what do you see as, you know, are they converging over time or, you know, how, how do you see that relationship? Um, I love I love this question, first of all, because it's something that we're talking about a lot and has a lot to do with the American Marketing Association right. um, in general, because we are redefining our model. And a, a huge part of that is that I believe there's a bit of an identity crisis right yeah. now with them. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'd go so far as to call it a crisis, but it's certainly like a question, a big question mark out there in terms of marketing. Um, for example, when I say that I work for the American Marketing Association, you know, pretty much most people who don't work in marketing or don't work closely around marketing um, just correlate that with advertising. They'll say, oh, what do you think of this, you know, TV commercial or whatever? Right, <laughs> right. They don't really know what it is. And they're still they're still thinking of it, you know, back in Don Draper days. Um, and even marketers are having a tough time because the, the tasks that are actually marketing tasks are kind of dispersed throughout the organization. You know, they can be in different groups, um, not always identified as marketing or seen as marketing. Um, and then you can really also, in addition to that, if you, you really, if you're breaking down the competencies that make up marketing, you're really talking about business competencies. And we notice that whenever we're trying to figure out what are the jobs to be done uh, for the people within the association, for people who would be um, uh, uh, taking advantage of the association? And it comes down to these are really business competencies. It touches all aspects of the business. Um, those worlds are kind of merging and then also dividing. So it's a really confusing time, but it also makes it an exciting time. Um, early in my career, somebody once told me that that where you see the chaos is also where the exciting uh -huh. things are happening because things are being born. Um, yeah. So I feel really lucky to be a part of ha having that chance to help define and, 
and um, even in a small way, lead it. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, and I, I like that. <laughs> I like that insight about chaos and, and, and agree. Yes. <laughs> um, so do you think, uh, I, you kind of touched on this, but uh, do you think that customer experience then is something that all marketers should at least understand? Or, you know, what is the I guess, what is the role in education? And it sounds like American Marketing Association is, is going through some, some evolution here as well. But, you know, is this something that at the very least everyone should understand? Or are there, um, you know, what, what do you see as the future there? Um, in short, I'd say yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a traditional marketer. Uh, though I do know a few of them, <laughs> having to know a few. Um, I'm not, I didn't come up through a traditional marketer world. So I feel like I have a good, a, a good objective perspective on this as well. Um, I think both marketing and customer experience are really about listening. Um, and I see my job throughout is, you know, throughout my career has been designing for experiences, really, you know, kind of understanding what that dirt and, and when I say not designing experiences, but designing for experiences. Mm. So really understanding what is that dirt path and then designing uh, along the way to help people. Um, I'm a little bit biased because I'm a designer and I came up through, but I really do believe that both marketers and uh, customer experience uh, practitioners really would benefit from adopting the design principles that you might see in technology fields like um, agile software development and a lot of science like that's something that's always fascinated me so behavioral science even data science um, I think it really comes down to that feedback loop and ensuring that you're not standing on the mountaintop preaching, you know, preaching the word to your customer yeah. and expecting they're going to follow you, but really getting down in the experience with them and observing like a scientist and also being quick about it um, and getting messy and trying things out. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I hesitate to use the term fail fast because I think everybody rolls their eyes now when you say it. Um, but I do think it's, you know, everything's happening so fast that you have to get messy and you have to, you have to get in there and, and do it quickly. Yeah. Experiment. Totally agree. And uh, I will say you get bonus points for bringing up the term agile on the agile world podcast. So that's, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about how CX is, is executed. And, and I'll start here with, you know, what do you think is the greatest barrier to organizations providing great CX? It, it doesn't seem like anyone needs convincing that it's important, but uh, you know, what's, what's standing in the way, uh, you know, if, if everybody kind of, kind of understands that it's important, what's standing in the way of, of great CX being delivered? Yeah, I think, I think the immediate answer that people, um, have a tendency to give or people that I've worked with have a tendency to give, especially executives who are new to, to, to thinking about design thinking and customer experience design, uh, they'll say technology is a barrier. Um, but I think, Really, what I see behind that is um, is the fear, um, the fear of of the truth, the fear of uh, finally understanding what's really happening, and that that might actually render your individual job or your employees' individual jobs as they see them as no longer valuable or even valid. And I think sometimes um, it's easier to get the truth than we want to believe. Yeah. <laughs> and we kind of use technology as a scapegoat. Um, so I think it's really the barrier is 
we have to have the courage to face what the truth is and to make those difficult decisions to do something about what the truth is. I see that time and time again. It's just this fear of like, oh, well, if I find out that they don't like this, um, then all that work that we just did for the past 10 years is for naught. And, you know, some machine can do it easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, in a way, you know, better better data should give us those those answers. But um, I, I agree. You, you put time and, and effort into something and then find out it was a faulty premise or something like that. And then, uh, you know, then all of a sudden, what what is the what is the truth is it you know is it what you're seeing or is it what you uh what you've been putting time into that's that's a difficult uh, difficult uh conflict there yes how would you characterize the the role of employee experience in, in creating great customer experience you know the idea of you know happy employees make happy customers and, and things like that um, I think one of, you know, kind of what I was saying before about the AMA has these layers of stakeholders. It's really um, one of the most fascinating and important growth areas that I've seen personally working for the AMA. Um, employees are are really an integral part of the, the brand experience, if you will, wherever you are, right? Um, they're often the front lines. They are talking to the customer. Um, I saw an article recently about customer experience regarding uh, airlines. Uh, they were talking about the the best and worst airlines rating. I don't know if you've seen that uh, recently. Yeah. Um, I won't name names for the airlines because I would want to do that to the <laughs> poor souls that are working on it. Um, but though, but I will say the one that got the um, high marks. Uh, this this person was just a blog. It was just they were just blogging about it in reaction to some survey that came out. And this person took a flight, and one leg they had the worst, and one leg they had the best. And they when they came out of it, it was really the face to face interactions that made all the difference. He said, you know, um, the fact that the the plane was a little bit kind of shabby, um, maybe a little rough around the edges, right. could overlook many things if you um, have a person that an employee that works there that is being kind to you is um, you know seeing you you know yeah, really yeah. really understanding your problem um, there's a lot it can go so far I'm sure you've experienced that personally where everything's just going wrong and an employee is just like wow I really understand how frustrating this is and genuinely seems to understand it even if they can't do anything about it and it, it makes it better, you know, it makes it like, okay, this is actually a good brand that, that sees me. Um, so I think when you have employees that really get what you're doing and see the value, their value of what they're offering to the business, I think that that comes through to customers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, that brings it back to the, the human angle that you were talking about at the, at the beginning of the, of the show. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Um, so one last question before we wrap up, um, as you mentioned earlier in, in your career, you've played a, a few different types of roles. What do you think prepared you to be a, a chief experience officer and, and what advice would you give to those that are looking, maybe following, following a similar career path of, uh, you know, not necessarily a straight line to, to CXO, but, uh, you know, that are looking to find a similar role in their future? Sure. Um, so I think what, 
prepared me would really be a passion for, you know, I've always had a passion for, you know, for my career. And at the core of it, it, it was about, you know, the human experience. Um, interested, I'm, you know, always fascinated by uh, things that designing things that make people feel or that can elicit some sort of feeling. Because at the at the end of the day, and you know, this might be sound a little deep, but <laughs> uh, life is about uh, experiences. You know, it's not how much money you make or who likes you or or really even how you spend your time. It's about how you experience that time um, on the planet, right? Yeah. And your own perspective is really driving your own quality of life. Uh, and again, like I said before, the fact that I get to be a part of co-creating that um, those experiences, really helping design what affects people's life experiences. That is the stuff that, um, prepares me because at the end of the day, um, it feels like I'm doing something that matters as far as like what I think, um, how people should prepare for a role like this or a similar role in the future. I think really looking at um, first starting with passion, like you have to be excited about it, right? To get you through the frustrating times and the fear, because there's a lot of fear that surrounds this job, any job that's especially associated and so closely with technology and data. Yeah. There's a lot of fear that's around, including your own internal fear. Um, I'd study, you know, human behavior, um, uh, really thinking about things like psych- psychology, behavioral science, even anthropology, um, and then also the, the, the things that surround that and keeping up to date on data science and research, things that really point to the truth and the reality of what's going on and being honest with yourself and surrounding yourself with like, you know, trying to be honest with the truth of what's going on. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. Well, um, Jennifer, um, again, uh, thanks for joining the show and for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Um, you can, uh, I guess the best way would be through LinkedIn, um, but also you can check out what we're doing at the AMA, um, going through massive changes. So it's different every, every quarter we, you know, have some, some great new advances. So, uh, if you're, you know, in the U S I think, you know, looking up your local chapter chapter, and if you're not, uh, just, you know, hop online and see what's going on with us. Great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Jennifer Severns, Chief Experience Officer at American Marketing Association, for joining the show. To learn more about both customer and employee experience, I recommend you go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and make sure to check out my latest book, The Center of Experience. More information is available on my website or wherever the book is available, like Amazon. Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World Podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, from my website at theagile.world or on Amazon or other retailers. Until next week, stay agile.